everybody. Welcome to our new series, Christmas Gifts. Last week, we were able to tell you the difference between a gif and a jif, and there is no difference, just pronunciation. And the right pronunciation is? Yes, jif, exactly. You've done so well. And, and, uh, and as you can see, we're going to have some fun with this the next few weeks. And this is going to actually be something that you can use um, to empower your invite to be able to get people to come to Christmas Eve. And you say, Ross, how? And um, a graphic interchange format item is something that continues to repeat itself. And as you can see in this video, all those little bites... They're actually little gifts, each one individual, and Pastor Brantley mashed them all together. And But what's more exciting than that is that if you go to Giphy.com, as you leave here today, everybody will get a little card. And if you go to Giphy and you search Momentum Church, guess what? All those are for you to use. And so during the holiday season, you want Brian to tell somebody, mm-hmm. You can just grab it and sit in your text, put it in your Facebook and whatever you want to do. And when they do that and they link on it and they click on it, it'll take them back to Momentum Church and to promote Christmas Eve. And so it's just a little bit of fun over the next few weeks of our holidays. And so get out there, use them. And there's a few on that video roll in, but there's a whole bunch of them that you don't even see there. And, um, and my wife's adorable in the ones that she's in. You are, you're so cute. And so... <laughs> So with that, um, we want you to get your picks done and, um, and, 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 and use those giffies, but we also want you to get your, picks taken, your pictures taken, your photos taken. When you leave here today, if you see this backdrop, that backdrop is in the foyer. And so get out there. You can take family photos in front of the backdrop. Um, also, if you would be so kind to pick up or have that frame that says, join us for Christmas Eve at Momentum, that will be another way that you can post things on Facebook and get the word out about Christmas Eve at Momentum. All right? Cool. And so over the next few weeks, we're looking at Christmas gifts, Christmas gifts, and um, this short images, these little gifts, they're repeating images. They go over and over again. And during the holiday season, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of things during the holiday season get on repeat. You know what I mean? It's just part of Christmas. You experience the same foods, right? The same experiences, the same stories. Um, Dad was in town for the holidays a couple weeks ago, a week ago for Thanksgiving, and, and I had to have heard three of the same exact stories, you know. And you just smile and, yeah, Dad, that's funny. You're going to hear the same stories over and over. The same struggles with certain expectations. Next Sunday, we're going to be looking at this idea of expectation and how unmet expectation can rob us at times. We'll be looking at that next Sunday. But the stories of unmet expectation, the same stinking tree. How many get a live tree? I love live trees. I do. I don't know what's happened. As I've gotten older, they, they break me out, and, and then I don't like them. That's why I don't like cats, you know, just because they, they make me not breathe, so... If you don't breathe, you don't like something, right? And so we've got into having a fake tree. And fake trees are great for the first few years you have them. And ours is secondhand. We bought it from Amy's mom and dad. And so it takes you about three days to get it to even look right, you know, just all. But it's the same tree every year, the same lights that don't work, and you have to tear them back, you know. It's just, I love Jesus. I'm just not sure about Christmas sometimes, but same tree, same struggles with certain vices, you know, there's Uncle Smitty going at the eggnog again, you know, um, same struggles every year. It was just those kinds of things, you know. And I was talking to a friend just before Thanksgiving, and he was talking about how with Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, and he said, I just want to go to the Grand Canyon. He said, I want 
to get away, and I want to go to the Grand Canyon. And, and I was like, why? And his basic thing was this idea of sameness, that, that there's just everything on repeat. He goes, I have to sit at the same table in the same house with the same people eating the same food. And if I have to do that for another year, I think I'm going to go out of my mind. To which I said to him, bro, that's tradition, right? To which he said to me, bro, that's monotonous. He's like, I need some change. He goes, when it comes down to it, I look around and he says, man, I don't even know what year it is. It could be 1989. It looks the same, and it's 2017. He goes, I don't even know what year it is. So a couple days ago, I saw him. I said, so what did you all do for Thanksgiving? He said, we had dinner at home. Because <laughs> that's what we do, you know. Tradition. There's nothing wrong with tradition. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's a lot of things during the holiday season that can get on repeat that are good. And there's a lot of things that during the holiday season that can get on repeat that are bad, you know, hurtful feelings and hurtful experiences that manifest it. There's a reason why this season we're coming up to, and we should be compassionate with people that struggle uh, with depression. It's one of the heightened times of depression throughout the year. And, and a lot of that's because of the repeating over and over of hurts, loss, brokenness, things that just aren't quite as expected. Again, we'll talk about expectations next Sunday. But when it comes down to it, what I want to look at here is some things that we need to try to put on repeat in our minds. I want to draw our attention over the next few minutes toward the things of the season that we should be reminded of. The things of this season that should be on, on repeat. Okay, Because I think there's some things we should put on repeat. And everything I want to remind us of today is really, to be quite honest, it's tied to worship. Everybody say worship. This is a season, and we worship throughout the year, but for Christians, this is, this and Easter are some real, if you will, high holy days, you know, seasons where our hearts are drawn toward God and worship, and that English word worship, it, it, it's derived from the word worth and ship, worth, ship, worth is value, and it's the idea that we express value to God. As we worship him. That, that's what we're doing. We're not just singing a song or as we're living our lives with our mindfulness toward the Lord during the season and keeping our minds on, as they say, the reason for the season. All that becomes worship to the Lord. It's God, you are worth it. You're worth everything. More than all the crazy stuff that we're going to experience in the next month. Man, it's all in honor and worship of you. And if it's not, then God help us. Help us not to get run down by all the things that seem to be on repeat during this, this season. Help us keep our focus where our focus needs to be on. And, um, and we sang the song today, Joy to the World. You know, joy to the world. The Lord has come, let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. This idea of a purposefulness to bring worship to him and connection to him during this season. And heaven and nature do what? Sing. Coming forth in, in worship. And so today what I want us to do is take some time because there's a lot of stuff that we can repeat over and over and over again just because of tradition. There's a lot of stuff that we can repeat that might be negative in our mind. But I want to give us a few things today that we can hold on to and take into this season. So let's stand to our feet. Hey, Amy, honey, can you hand me? There's water right there. Thank you. Mm. Baby, that was your eggnog. No, Jesus. So, Luke chapter 2. 
And so obviously this is a passage of scripture that we're all familiar with when it comes to, to Christmas. And I believe it's been a couple of years since I've really read this out of this scripture for a Christmas service, um, the launching of a Christmas service. So I want to look at this. It says, <clears throat> excuse me, and in the same region, we're going to go to verse 8, there were shepherds out of the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, now here's some incredible stuff. Let's not miss any of this. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all, shout all people. Love it. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. Now, some translations will say in the city of Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And some translations will say Christ the King, but still one with ruling authority. The Savior is going to be born. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Everybody say that with me. Say glory to God, glory to God. In, the in the highest. Let's say it all together. Ready? Glory to God in the highest. Man, close your eyes and kind of put your hands on your chest. Let's just say that to you. Say glory to God in the highest. Ready? Glory to God in the highest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's worship. I mean, when we think of that, and you can have your seats. Go ahead. When we think of that idea of glory to God, the angelic proclamation of the birth of Jesus begins with worship, you know, right from that moment. You go to the end in the book of Revelations and you see the angels surrounding Jesus in the throne room saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I mean, literally, it's, it's all about, everybody, it's all about worship. It really is. Guess what? Can I tell you something? Christianity really isn't about you. We think it is. You know, I think it is. I like me. I do. I like me a lot, you know. I, I comb my hair sometimes, you know. I brush my teeth. I like me. I take care of myself, you know. I like me. Um, but it's not about me. Christianity's not. It's, man, it's really about realizing what God has done and putting all our joy, all our focus, all our attention upon him. In doing so, he shows us this Zoe kind of living, this abundant life kind of living that as we begin to live that life, oh, the mutual reciprocity, the back and forth between a God I worship and I focus on and then his benefit to his people because he loves his children. It gets rich, y'all. It gets good. But it starts with the birth, and it's an announcement of glory to God in the highest. It's an announcement of these angels saying, I can't help but worship this baby that's here on the earth. He's some kind of something. And then in the end of the book, we see again, man, the angels still can't help but worship for, for eons of time, just worshiping, worshiping, worshiping. I want to jump into that worship. I want to jump into that in my life. That joy to the earth or joy to the world song, the next verse says, Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains. You ready for this? This is the best line ever. Repeat the sounding joy. I like that. Repeat the sounding joy. When it comes down to it, there's a lot of things that are on repeat during this season. And man, I just want us to be reminded at the beginning of this season, the first Sunday of December, that we need to have a heart full of worship toward the Lord during this season. 
and have in our mind that I want to be a person during this season because there's only a whole lot of opportunities to be negative. There just is, you know. Whole grand scope of things to get you ticked off, you know. Get you messed up from the chest up. I'm just telling you, I know it. There is. But I want to go into the season, prepare to my heart, Lord, I want to repeat the sounding joy. I want to repeat all the goodness that you are. I want to repeat. I want it to be a part of my focus during this season on that. You know, that's really what meditation is. I don't know if you know that. Meditation, it's not just speaking and emptying yourself. That's Eastern meditation, but Christian meditation, Christian prayer, if you will, it's focusing in and speaking over the word of God and reminding yourself of who he is and what he can do and, and who he can be in your life. And, and then in that moment, becoming full. Is that good? Not empty. We don't meditate to become empty. We meditate to become shout full. That's good stuff. And so this idea of worship, this idea of being able to focus and repeat over in your heart who God is and having that gift in play in your mind as you're going through the season, I think it can help us a lot, you know? Because the enemy's gonna come to our heart and he's gonna say, you remember how you were done wrong by? And that's gonna start to be meditated upon, you know? Or you don't have enough money to buy, B-U-I. And that's gonna start to become something that you're thinking about. Or whatever it is, you know, that's just outside of, of God's best during this season, and it's so easy to meditate on, but God would have you to meditate on him and to come toward him in worship, in praise, in honor. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, for all the joy that's associated with the season, I am. I'm surprised at times with the negativity that can be on repeat when it comes to us who profess Christ, you know? And, and again, I'm, I'm stepping on my own toes, you know? It's just kind of, uh, it just kind of happens. I was talking to a guy this week. And um, he goes to a church where they do the hanging of the greens. How many comes from more of a, maybe a higher church kind of background? You know, Presbyterian, Methodism, you know, something a little bit more like that. Any, any from the frozen chosen amongst us today? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Gary. Nancy, just, just teasing you, you know, just playing. And, um, but the hanging of the greens is kind of a tradition in some of those churches to where right before Advent, right before the start of this Christmas season, they'll hang the greens. And the greens are a reminder. Reminders are good. You know, there's nothing wrong with that repetition. But they're a reminder of, of everlasting life. And the different symbolisms of greens um, they would have that they would use can point to different things. Like fir trees can point to the idea of, of everlasting life. And cedar can point to the idea of royalty. And it reminds us of that. And, 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 and again, I wasn't raised with this kind of tradition. But holly, using holly, it symbolizes the death of Christ. And then using um, 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 ivy, the holly and the ivy, you know. Holly and the ivy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know you're going to get some of that right there. Um, the ivy symbolizes the resurrection of Christ. And, and that, I love symbolism, you know. That's why we have Christopher Walken's in the picture. I just love symbolism. And everybody's going, I thought that was Christopher Walken. No reason, none whatsoever. <laughs> it symbolizes that we are corny. But no, when it comes down to it, I was talking to this fella, and he said that their church almost had an all-out war 
over the hanging of the greens this year. And the reason why was because the board had decided it's just too dangerous to have people all there in the building with ladders and climbing and hanging. And, and so we want to get a couple people and do it. We're not going to open it up and make it more of a congregational. It's just too dangerous. And, and so that's where their focus was. And people were getting hurt and people were getting upset. And I got to thinking about that. I said, heck, around here, you want to serve and put yourself at risk? We're like, go ahead. Man, we love you, and we believe in the resurrection of Jesus, you know? And so, though you were dead, yet shall you live. Get up and fix that light. Hallelujah, you know? That's just the difference around here. But, but I mean, literally, we had the parade yesterday, the float. We have still not found two people. But they will show up. I'm, I'm confident of it. But when it comes down to it, we can make up reasons even at times to be negative, you know? And we as Christ followers, we're the ones who, who, who know who God is. And we know that he visited this sin-filled world with a child that was himself, begotten of him in the form of a baby, this child Jesus, that would save the world from sin. But sometimes and somehow, some way, we manage to completely still suck the joy out of what should be the most joyous season. And I think the reason why is because our minds, gets off, get, our minds get off on tangents and things that, that we don't need to be repeating over and over. We need to repeat. Everybody say, repeat, repeat. the sounding joy. Man, that worship, that, that glory to God in the highest. God, help my mind be able to get there. Help me not care that Starbucks cups are red and do not say Merry Christmas on them. I'm, I'm just being honest. Last year when that happened, I'm like, they're red. That's awesome. That's a good, that, that's good. It wasn't like they had naked ladies all over them and pentagrams. You... Sorry. <laughs> that was your first of many gifts this year from pastor. But true, I mean, the red color, that cracked up. And I'll be honest, the whole happy holidays, Merry Christmas thing, guys, we really, ready for this? Happy holidays, holy days. Are these days holy or not? Yes. And so if a pagan wants to say happy holidays to me, I want to say, speak that word, pagan. You know? I mean, if they want to wish me a happy holiday, come on. That's all. I'll receive that and have a good Christmas. Amen? Don't need to correct them. It's Christmas. Can't you feel my love? <laughs> gift number two all right so much negativity that we can put on repeat we really can we just can go into it we can create and make up stuff but i don't want that this season i want us to repeat the sounding joy i want to call us back to the joy that we have in christ this christmas the joy that we can offer to others it's it's a season that can get complicated if we let it crazy agendas, crazy, all sorts of stuff. But I just want to call us back to the simplicity of worship. I, I'm so thankful for the worship team today. Wasn't that a beautiful set today? It just, it just man, you can give them thanks. 
they're always incredible, but today it just seems so extra apropos to me. It just, just such a sense of worship and looking to who Jesus is and getting our hearts and our minds where it should be. And so I want to call us back to worship. I want to call us back to repeating the sounding joy in our lives and, and back to the idea of worship. It said there in that passage of Scripture in Luke 2, in verse 11, it said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, or Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the King. It was reason enough for the angels to declare his glory. And I'm going to tell you right now in this house today, it's reason enough for us to declare his glory too. Amen? Can you give him some praise in here? Come on. Yeah, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Reason enough. Reason enough. And so here's a few things. I'm just going to hit a couple things in this scripture and, 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 and just allow us to remunerate. You know, just put our minds to this and... and Repeat it in our hearts. And when things start to happen, and Uncle Smitty is a little bit three sheets too, and he's leaning up against, you know, your fine china, and you're worried he's going to bust it, and you ain't going to have nothing to pour your gravy out of. Um, when that happens, you know, I'm going to repeat the sounding joy. I'm going to repeat the sounding joy. I'm not going to kill Uncle Smitty. You know? He's doing a pretty good job all by himself. So, when it comes down to it, number one, this is what we're going to put on repeat. Repeat. Put on repeat the celebration of the incarnation. Put on repeat the celebration of the incarnation. And so it says here in Luke 2, and we're just going to keep coming back to this. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born. For unto you is born. This child is born to you, for you, unto you. It, what incarnation means, it, it, it's the idea of God walking with us. The scriptures, John 1, verse 14, that God became man, he became flesh, and he dwelt among us. This idea that for unto us is born. Man, can you imagine the picture of that? That this baby came to be with us. That God could, we could walk with him and talk with him. That he could be connected to us in a, a way of intimacy that, that nothing else is possible. That this child would come. And, and I got to thinking about babies in general. Just how... They're incarnate all by themselves. And I'm not saying they're, they're deity incarnate, but aren't babies love incarnate? You know what I mean? Just the love of a man and a woman. It's just when you hold that baby, it's just there. It didn't take you anything to fall in love with that child. As soon as that child was in your, your I can remember, and I'll just be flat out honest, and I love my girls, and I had two girls. Amy and I, we wanted two girls first. We really did. You know, we, needed, we knew we needed some help because we're not great parents. And we thought if we could have girls first, they'll help with everything else. You didn't know that, did you? You've been used for 90, almost 19 years. <laughs> but man, when, when, when we were pregnant with Grant, I, I always said I petitioned God for a grant. And, and he gave me one. And, um, and I'm in the... <laughs> I'm, you guys have to know, I am Pentecostal. And so I, I'm in the birthing room, whatever that's called. And... Um, um, and that boy pops out, and, and I see, I mean, I'm just being honest, I see the little schmeckle, and I'm just like, oh, I'm so, and like, literally, I begin to, like, I just spoke in tongues, I did, I just, there was no words I could say, I was just like, I can't believe how perfect this moment is, and, and the guy looked at me, and I'm like, it's Yiddish, and Dr. Rubenstein said, no, it's not, <laughs> no, I, that last part was a lie, but I did, but I did, 
I did blow up in tongues. I just, I was, I mean, I just, there was nothing I could, oh, that baby was just incarnate everything that we had hoped for. And that didn't get diminished with any of the children. Everyone, every one of my little ones caused me in that moment to be in love and to feel love like nothing else. That baby, when you held your baby, it held endless possibilities and experiences. Don't you hold your kids and look at them and just wonder what they're going to be like? And then they turn out and it's like, oh, it's so good. I still have some in process. I'm not sure. But we're working toward it. But when they were little, that baby in your arms, it just fills you with hope and anticipation of the future. That baby is part of you. And because of, of, of that, its impact on, on being brought into this world is celebrated, you know. And, and its impact on being brought into this world, we don't only celebrate it once. We celebrate it every single year. Don't we do that for our babies? That's why we do Christmas. It's the celebration of this incarnate Jesus that came, that, that gives us a hope for the future, that gives us a hope for what's possible, that allows us to see the love of God in a way that we would never, ever be able to see. Literally, God became flesh and he dwelt among us. And the birth of Jesus, that's what these angels were celebrating. That's what they were pointing to, that fact that the baby was God. And because of that, his impact by being brought into this world is caused to celebrate and to do year after year. And we sing about it in worship saying, God, go with us. And he has. Man, isn't that reason to praise God? Amen. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The second thing I want you to put on repeat, not just put on repeat the celebration of the incarnation, that God is with you, and that, 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 that Jesus possesses everything, all the possibilities and hopes that you have. I felt during worship today just a, a, a yearning that there's people here today that need ministry. You need God to touch your hearts. You need to know with confidence that he ain't against you. Ain't no baby mad at, they, just, they love, just, they just love, God loves you. I'm not trying to emphasize God. I'm just saying he loves you that deep, you know. He came to be with you. And so don't run from him. If you're here today and you're like, man, I don't get religion. I get that. Religion is not, it draws air. It's not good, you know. But man, a relationship with Jesus, it will open up possibilities like you never thought possible. And when I held my babies in my arms when they were little, I didn't know all that we were going to experience. But in relationship, I found out so much. And Jesus, same way. He's God incarnate. And man, you get him in your life, it's not someone you'll hold. He'll hold you, you know, until you learn to hold him. And you get him in your life, you watch what will happen. It will open up all crazy sorts of possibilities. Amen? The second thing I want you to put on repeat is this. The good news of the birth of a Savior. It says, for, it says, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. That idea of good, good news. What is our focus when it comes to life? Is it on all that we lack or feel that just isn't right? Or is it on the fact that the Savior, our Savior, was born to us? What's our focus? Is it on what we don't have or is it on what we do have? It's good news. And I think when we go through life, a lot of times, um, if we're not careful, we focus on so much lack and we miss out on the celebration of so much that's good. You know, I see Barbara nodding her head. I'm so proud of you, you know. This is a fierce, fierce woman. Fierce. You know, had found cancer in her body within weeks. They're removing it. There's a plan that they can take over, like, how many weeks was it? 13 weeks, something like that, of, of, of care. And they, or they could do this procedure that allows them to go fast with care, and it's done in a week. She's like, give it to me. 
And they did. And you shouldn't do this. And she shouldn't do this. You were wrong. When I showed up last night and saw you helping parade floats, get, I'm like, what are you doing? Don't you know you're sick, woman? <laughs> no. Good news. She just could not help but be out there to, in a small way, spread good news. Don't slow me down. I got too much to do. Too much good news to spread. God's been too good. She, like an angel, was standing out there. Good news. Glory to God in the highest. Get your parade foot over there. <laughs> Amen. Can you stretch your hands toward Barb? Jesus, complete the work that you've begun in her. You're the author and finisher of our faith. And we know you're doing a mighty, mighty work in her body. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God praise for healing and for Barbara, our friend. Amen. But the problem is, if we focus in on the negative, then we're not worshiping. We're not living out of the heart of worship. If that's, that, it's the antithesis of worship, really, you know. And if that's the case, we wonder at times why things aren't appealing to the world, you know. But if we're focused on the negative and we can't focus in on God, then, 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 then our lives stop being appealing. They stop being salt and light that draws people in. A worship I want to have is so, I want a worship to be so compelling that the world can't help but worship with us. You know, to where it just, it just exudes that repeating of the sounding joy just comes out of your life. People, are you, a, I hate to oh, I want to be nice. When people see you coming up and you're about to talk, okay, this is you talking. <laughs> Sometimes this is what you need to do. <laughs> but this is you talking. Do you ever sense in them a, a, a recoiling? I'm just, I'm just being honest. Man, the believer ought to be the most, I'm not saying agreeable. I'm not saying it has to be so amicable. I'm not saying you have to be so sickening, fake sweet. You know what I'm saying? It was so funny. I don't mean this in a bad way. I had a guy, I jumped out of the car at this auction this week, and um, I stepped out of the car, and this guy's like, hey, are, are you going into the auction? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, um, these, these here, the, these, and I'm like, I go, bro, spit it out. I'm from the north. Tell me to move my car. <laughs> and he, he was trying to be all sweet. I love that about, you guys are so sweet. I love that. I, I do. And the guy got a laugh. We love it. And, and now I'm off, and I don't know what I'm going to say next. <laughs> oh, a worship so compelling. But if, if this is happening, you know, and, and you feel that, I just, I just kind of doubt that worship is a part of your life, you know. I'm just being honest. I, the, true worship, we're, we're, we're just, God, I honor you, and I want you to be honored in and through me, and, and just a true giving yourself to him. I just wonder, you know what I mean? And, and, and let's do it this way, because it's easier to look at other people and go, tss, 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 you know, you know those people in your life. How many knows those people in their life? Raise your hand. You know some folk like that. They start, and you're like, oh, anybody like that? You know them? All right, everybody with their hand down, <laughs> you are that person. <laughs> just don't look around. Don't look around. Just, just receive the truth and be changed by it in Jesus in Jesus' name. Number three, we need to put on repeat the celebration of our king and his authority. Mm, that gets me excited. I cannot wait to this coming year. We're taking some time to teach you on the believer's authority this coming year. You know, what it means to move in power, to move in victory. What it means to be able to move in the spirit of God. Cannot wait to this coming year. But we need to put on repeat the celebration of our king. It says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the king. 
He's Christ the Lord, the one of ruling authority. We serve a Christ who is king. Christ is a title for the anointed one. It means he has all this power, all this ability, all that God has is dwelled up in him. And he chooses to walk with you. That's what Christmas is about, that incarnation. He chooses to do life with you. And not passively, but actively. And so yet you may be going through a crazy season. You may be here this morning and think, Pastor, you don't even understand the stuff I'm facing. I get it, but I want to declare in this house this morning that Jesus is still on his throne. Yes, he was a little eight-pound baby Jesus. I get it. But man, he's a ruling and reigning king full of authority and power. And he rules and reigns in your heart today. That's reason to repeat the sounding joy. Amen? Yeah, it is. He's still king and you're still his child. And so just put that in repeat in your mind when that, this, ugh, you feel that this month at times where I don't know if I'm going to get through. He's still king and I'm still your child. You're still king, Lord. Glory to you in the highest. You're still king. You're high. You're ruling over. You see it all. And you see the stuff I'm going through. You're still king and you are high and lifted up, but you're imminent. That means you're up there, but you're also transcendent. That means you're right. No, I said this backwards. You're transcendent. You're up there, but you're also imminent. You're right here with us, you know. You're king, and I'm your child. Put that on repeat, amen? Ooh, that's good stuff. I love that. And so the final thing as we close today, put this on repeat. Ooh, that's fun. I'm going to challenge you to do that with each other. A lot of negativity comes out this month, a lot of poor focus. I give you permission to look at your spouse and say, put this on repeat. Put it on repeat. Put this on repeat. Let's get our minds where it needs to be. Put it on repeat, you know? Repeat that sounding joy. So the final one is this, and I love it. Repeat this. We put on repeat. Don't repeat this. I'm saying repeat. You you get it. Put on repeat the celebration of our generous king. The celebration of our generous king. We celebrate a God who gives. Don't we? Don't we celebrate a God who gives? It says, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. It's a God that's giving. God in heaven giving his son. Jesus giving his life. God and, and, and Jesus, the Father and Jesus, giving the Spirit. I mean, he's just a God that gives the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, giving good gifts. Go look at Matthew 7, verse 11. It's the Slurpee verse. 7-11. And it just says that he, no good thing will he withhold from those he loves. Is a Slurpee a good thing on a hot day? Yeah, you better believe it. Slurpee, Slurpee gift. But no, the Holy Spirit, man, and he's a giver. I mean, it's just, it emanates from him. It's just his nature to give. And so we want to put on this, on, on repeat, the celebration of a generous king. We celebrate a God who gives, and also we don't just celebrate a God who gives. We celebrate a God who gives and places us in our hearts a heart to give. And isn't that what Christmas is? That's why we give presents. We want to bless people, but... It's a reminder of the gift-giving God that we have. Is that neat? And I, and I just would want to encourage you during this season to think of yourself as a gift, wrapped in the presence of God, that you can go into this world and be a reminder to people that God loves. God cares. God's concerned. God has a plan. You meet somebody sick this month, lay hands on them, pray for them. Do respectfully. You don't have to be, yeah, Jesus. You know. You can just, man, can I pray with you? If it's a dude, just grab his hand, shake his hand, pray for him, you know. Put your hand on a friend's shoulder. I just want to pray for you, you know. They're going through something. Man, that's that gift that's in you. Amen? God's placed 
his son in our lives. He's a giver, and he's placed all that within us so that we might, might give also. And so I want to encourage you this season to remind yourself and repeat the sounding joy of his incarnation. Repeat the sounding joy that he's a giver. Repeat the sounding joy that he is one that you can come in connection with who is that savior, that good news. Just put this verse somewhere and remind yourself, remind yourself. And as we close today, um, and we're not, we're not going to take much time with this. As we close today, if you're a guest with us, you don't know what these cards are. We've announced this on the first Sunday of October. We've talked about it probably three, maybe four times throughout the last eight, nine weeks. And, and it's toward the building that we're going to build over here. And so you can tell our services are starting to fill up. We have two services now. Um, we'll go to three when we need to go to three. But we're planning to build a 600-seat sanctuary over yonder, as grandmother would say. Okay? And so with that, a nice foyer, a nice sanctuary, it will allow us to take this room and do a lot of work with children. It will allow us to take the, um, 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 the other side of the building and it will become a whole youth center. And so generations will be touched um, in the house and generations will be touched for years to come because of your sacrificial gift. And so what we told people on October 1st is today to bring the largest gift you possibly could bring, just like we did a few years ago when we came here, one large gift and allows us to take those steps forward. And then to bring this pledge card, and on this card to have the monthly gift that you're going to start giving in January, and you'll give January to next December that monthly gift. And between those things, we will raise a quarter of a million dollars in the next year. Amen? And like I told you last Sunday, I was excited about this opportunity because everybody's going to do something, you know? And, and I know that means that everybody's going to be challenged. I just know that. It's going to be tough. We're going to face challenge. But as you face challenge, Mary, last week I said, it's coming. I said, that hard stuff is coming. It just does. Anytime you try to take a step for God. And, and they had a car crash. They made it through, you know? Her husband had a horrible car crash. Made it through. Everything's fine. But she said, man, pastor, you said it's coming. It was like the next day, you know, it was quick. And, um, but here's the thing about it that's so cool is growth's coming. Not just new merit. I'm talking about personal growth. You can't sacrifice like that without personal growth to come, you know. And so today is our Hope Don't Quit campaign. It's our Hope Don't Quit offering. And so if you're here today, as you leave, you can give. Um, your tithe is your tithe. The Hope Don't Quit offering is above your tithe. Amen. And so what, you need to put that on your information that you're, you're giving. This is your Hope Don't Quit offering. Um, you can do that online. You can do that with the envelopes and give in the back. Um, but just differentiate between your normal tithe this week and your Hope Don't Quit offering. Amen? And then also as you leave, if you would, um, take these and place those also with the um, um, ushers at the doors. And that way we can tally those pledges, those commitments, and get a good picture of where we're going to be in this coming year. And I'm also, um, 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 I think that's everything. And so we'll get the report out to you quick on how things are going with the finances. And so um, we want, and we're going to ask God to bless this campaign. He's always blessed what we've done like that, just tremendously, without a whole lot of push, a whole lot of pressure. You people are the faithfulest, amazing people, and it's a joy to serve you. And so you're a gift. Let's pray. Father, right now, I thank you for this house. I thank you, Lord, for those together that you've drawn to be a part of your vision. And you have birthed, because you're a giver, you've given hope to us. You've birthed hope in us. And because you're a giver, Lord, and you desire for us to be givers, we want to partner with that hope. 
And so today we commit our hearts to, number one, as the sermon challenged us, we commit our hearts to be worshipers during this season and to truly be people who repeat the sounding joy. But Lord God, we also commit our hearts to be those that represent you as a giver by giving and representing your character of generosity in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.